So if you could be here around nine, that would be great. Okay. Well, listen here. Hello. And welcome to 90 Day Fiance MK. I'm Mr. O, and today, Miss H and I will be discussing season three, episode two of The Other Way. In this episode, Alina contemplates hiring an actress. Jenny finds a loophole to stay in India. Ellie's friends have some important concerns. Ari gets some merchandise from Uncle Andro. And Corey and Kenny see their dollars flying from their pocket into the pockets of wedding planners. As always, we'll end with our students of the week, class dunces, and life lessons. If you like what you hear, please leave us a five-star rating and subscribe. And if you listen to Love After Lockup, you should listen to our other podcasts, Love After Lockup MK. All right, thanks for listening. Stay safe and enjoy. Hello, Mr. O. Hello, Miss H. How are you? I'm not doing too bad. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean. We're actually recording early because we have Labor Day plans. Yeah, by early, it's really late. Um, but, you know. Yeah, really late for you. We wanted yeah. to make sure we didn't do something like accidentally have sex because apparently that's a thing that can happen, according to Steven. You can just accidentally have sex. Wait, what? <laughs> you missed that. Okay, we'll get to it when we get to it. But they were, he, she was, he was like, we have, we should have to be in different apartments in case, you know, we accidentally have sex. Okay. Well, let's start off with Stephen and Alina. So Stephen goes to pick up his last paycheck. He says he's good at his job, which, remember, is pest control sales, even though he has a compassion for pests. His boss tries to talk him out of the big move to Turkey because he's concerned that the relationship won't work out. Back in Russia, Alina is doing body art for a photo shoot. We find out that she's studying Chinese and politics. Alina loves Stephen and she can't wait to see him. But her family is worried she's uh, leaving home and taking a year off of school. Alina's mom is worried about trusting a stranger with her, especially because he's Mormon. They seem to believe that Mormons do dark things like selling organs and people on the black market. Alina has been reading the Book of Mormon and she's been going to classes. She's open to marrying uh, Stephen. Her grandmother is concerned that it's just all way too soon and Alina is just too young to get married. Later, Alina is packing with her friends, Nastia and Julia. The friends pry and ask about sex, and Alina admits that they are saving themselves for marriage. Alina is counting on Stephen proposing in Turkey, even though he admitted that he was talking quite a bit with a friend who is a girl, and he's even asked her if he can date other girls. Alina did not approve of him dating anyone else, and she just basically has to trust that Stephen is telling the truth. The friends suggest hiring an actress to test Stephen's <laughs> so loyalty. <weird. laughs> I know. They kind of made it sound like everybody does this. It's on TV. It's like, what? Well, you know, everything that people do on TV just is that everybody does. Mm-hmm. Sure. And Alina thinks that that's just sneaky, but she doesn't, like, say no. Stephen later video calls Alina and tells her about their living arrangements in Turkey, which is basically that they're staying in separate apartments. Alina doesn't like this idea, but Stephen is worried about cohabitation and how that would look to their bishop. And he's also worried that he'll just randomly slip up and they'll have sex. That's the accidentally part. We then, <laughs> yeah, the accidentally part. Uh, we find out that Stephen is not a virgin, even though Alina thinks he is. And he has had sex in the past. Stephen is scared to tell Alina because he feels like she won't trust him anymore. All right, so this is the first we're hearing about Steven trying to date other girls and get Alina's permission about yeah, that. I think so, this might have been a lost in translation thing. Like, okay. I think it could have been like, oh, are we like exclusively dating or should I be or should I date, be dating other girls? And she's like, what? No, you're, I'm not giving you permission to date other girls. You know, I could <laughs> see that being being the way it goes. It seems weird and like, I don't know, I could I could definitely see Steven being like, well, are we done? Should I start dating other girls now? And, and and her thinking like he's asking permission to do that. But I don't know. He There's some other red flags that come up in that conversation too, for me at least. 
Yeah. Okay, the red flag is the whole, like, Stephen insisting that they don't have sex, even though he's had sex in the past. Yeah. I just think that it's just really hypocritical, and it kind of bothers me that there are some guys out there that kind of dismiss their own behavior, but for some reason they want to marry someone virtuous and a virgin. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm not saying it's everyone, but there are definitely guys out there. Yeah, definitely guys out there who are like, who are like, you know, just sleeping around with everybody. And it's like, well, I don't want my girl to sleep with too many people. And it's like, well, how many women have you slept with? Come on, man. Right? Yeah. So I just, I don't know. I find it very hypocritical. And I, uh, it, it just like I feel really bad for Alina, but I don't really yeah. know what the real answer is here. Well, the real answer is you should have been honest about like, hey, you shouldn't. I've I've had sex in the past, but I don't want to anymore. That was a mistake. I want to live better. Yeah. Right? Because the other thing too, I don't know if you caught it. He didn't say asexual relationship. You were right. I was just going <laughs> to ask. I was like, so how many people did he actually have sex with? Because he didn't say, oh, I slipped up with. You know, my girlfriend. He didn't even make it sound like it just sounded like he was whoring around. You know, it wasn't like, oh, this was like. And that's what I worry. That's what I worry about, about these uh, fellas. We fell asleep watching the movie. That is a total like young 20s guy move. Oh, we fell asleep. I guess I'll stay here and maybe we'll just cuddle a little bit and then maybe some more will happen. Like very much a thing. That's the, that's All of a sudden, you're playing just the tip. That's exactly what I'm saying. That's where that's where it leads to. <laughs> that, that, was, that could have been them Goodness. because I, I don't know. He definitely seems like he definitely seems like a just the tip guy. <laughs> uh, my friends were telling me something like, um, my friend who lived in Utah. Okay. And so I don't know what I, I feel like we should probably do more research on this. But they talked about some kind of soaking thing. And they said something like Mormons, and I, like I said, do not hold me to like the accuracy of this information. But my friend told me that Mormons kind of believe in the soaking thing, which is it's okay if it's in there as long as there's no movement. <laughs> I was like, what the heck? That doesn't. I don't think that's an officially religious. Uh, okay, a, you know that's not a decree. That's not a religiously – it's probably not a religiously sanctioned uh, activity still. No, I don't think it is at all. I think it's something that the kids made, like, made up just to, like, say it's okay. Also a very, very poor technique. I don't understand what anybody's getting out of that. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Just to get it in, I guess, I, right? That's – not really the end goal. I, I feel like there's a different. Maybe they need. They, yeah. Maybe they just need more more education or something. I don't know. I don't know. Mm. But uh, okay. yeah. Don't hold me to that information. Yeah. Please, please don't. We don't. We don't need to hear that. Okay. I was really confused about this. Why, when they were introducing Alina, and she was putting uh -huh. before we saw her, we know we were. We knew we were in Russia, and before we saw her yeah. drawing her thing on, they were playing like Harry Potter music. It's very weird. Yeah, I was confused about the music, too. I was like, oh, this is an interesting choice. Yeah, it was, mm. it, 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 I was like, it's... it's. This it was is... recognizable, though, and usually we don't get recognizable songs yeah, on the show. Yeah, but I was like, show. this is like Harry Potter music, right? It's very weird. Very weird. I loved her reaction to his, um, to his, like, I got two apartments. And she was just like... She's like, I'm not okay with that. Don't you think that sounds stupid? Yeah. Like, but I mean, his argument about like what it looks like to the bishop, like if he's supposed to get the bishop, I don't know how it works, yeah. but if he said that, you know, if he has to get the bishop's blessing for their marriage and cohabitation is something that he thinks would not be okay, you know, but then at the same time, it's like, okay, from like a logical perspective, right? Mm -hmm. Say you cohabitated with someone. It's like, if you didn't bless the marriage, what else are they supposed to do because it's already happened, right? right. So you're just supposed to be like, oh, you need to start over with someone new that you haven't cohabitated with and yeah. you can oh, marry you can't that get person. get married to this person now? Yeah. Like, yeah. You have to go start over with someone new. Like, I don't really understand, you know, why that would be a no. Right. It might be a not right now. 
you know, go live apart for a while, I guess. I don't know. It seems... But that also doesn't make any sense. <laughs> it doesn't logically make sense to me. But I don't know. Sometimes religious rules aren't always incredibly logical. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Sometimes. Well, let's, I was going to say, let's, th- let's talk about somebody else who's not incredibly logical, which honestly could be anybody that we could go into. I, I just, know, right? <laughs> it's like, segue, awesome, got everybody. But all right, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with Ellie, actually. All right. So Ellie is having an early Friendsgiving before she goes off to Providencia. Hiromi is the only one of her friends that knows she's actually moving to Providencia to be with Victor. The other friends just think she's going on a trip to Colombia. In fact, the two friends, Scott and Kelly, um, don't even know that she's back with Victor after the cheating, which they do know about. She tells them over dinner that this isn't just a trip and she's moving down there permanently. Kelly thinks the whole thing is pretty nuts and Scott is taken aback. She wishes that she never told them about the cheating because they're all being really judgy about her decision and also about Victor. And Kelly worries that, you know, Victor is a really charming guy and he's going to be able to charm her pants off even when he's doing, you know, doing her wrong. And Scott, that's what we kind of get. Scott indirectly gets at Victor maybe being after her money. Ellie says she pays for some things like helping him with the house because she's going to live in the house and she wants it to be livable. The house in question is something that he's building on the beach, which still, you know, when they saw show pictures of it, still needs a whole lot of work. The friends think she should go do a background check on him, but she trusts that he's been honest about his past, which includes a domestic violence charge that he picked up after catching a girlfriend cheating. Ellie doesn't like this, but she feels it doesn't really, it's not indicative of who he is. So Ellie is concerned now that no one thinks this is a good idea. So when she gets home, she wants to Skype with Victor for some reassurance, which he kind of takes the form of a long chin ta- rat tail that he has. It's weird. Anyway, she brings up how she's still dreaming about the situation with him and the woman he was sleeping with. And Victor says the other woman is definitely not on the island anymore. She bugs him a little bit more about the cheating. And it's like, we have to talk about this when I get there, blah, blah, blah. But she says she's taking this leap of faith because she feels that he is her soulmate. She asks about the house and he says that all he needs to do with left is paint But first, he's more concerned about the hurricane that's coming. So he's going to put everything in the kitchen and get to higher ground. It's actually the the conversation we saw them have um, at the very beginning of the of. I thought this was going to last a little bit longer, but it was the very beginning of the Mm -hmm. first episode. Um, And so we know that hurricane is going to hit and things are going to go from there. But before we get to the hurricane, what in the world is he giving her that she feels like she can trust him? I don't know. I don't I mean okay so they did mention on the video that the person that he cheated with is no longer on the island it sounds like. Yes. So maybe she just thinks and I think this is like you know a common mistake of people that get upset with like you know the other person, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, right, they go, right. oh mm-hmm. that other person, you know like you're the reason why he cheated, blah, 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 blah. But, like, the way I kind of see it is, like, if it wasn't that person, just be someone else, right? So the fact that this other person, that she's not on the island, all of a sudden she's just like, oh, well, all the temptation is gone from your life. Like, you know, like, now I can trust you. It, it takes two people to cheat, and one of those people I don't care about. Like, <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. And, and, and I don't know why she's hung up. But, guys, that's what it is, is he successfully convinced her bitch set me up like it was all her like she was the one who made everything happen right and that's yeah and so she has more trust now that that other person is gone but it's like that's the only thing that i think he's really and that's not even him that's the other woman you know she just like decided to exit the situation on her own i mean i just don't understand how you find out about this cheating and your first not your first reaction. Obviously, your first reaction is like, you know, crushed and blah, blah, blah. It's, it's terrible. But like how one mm-hmm. of your very shortly after follow-up things is immediately, what else are you lying to me about? Like – Yeah. And and especially when I know you have – I know you have been arrested for domestic violence. Like what else are you lying to me about? And so I don't – and obviously, you were really good at covering up that first lie, right? So mm-hmm. I, I would – you just – 
the assumption is going to be there that you're just like, you clearly fooled me about this. What else are you fooling me about? And so I don't understand why she's so resistant to the background check unless – here's something to run by you. She just doesn't want to find things out. Like she wants to kind of keep things where they are. Well, I kind of feel like she doesn't want to find things out at this point. Mm. Like maybe the fact finding would have been a little bit better before. But at this point, yeah, she doesn't have any interest in finding out the real truth because at this point, it's kind of too late. She's already sold her business. She's already selling off her stuff. And then now she finds that she just made an awful, awful mistake. Like if I were her and, you know, in that kind of like in situation – I don't know. Maybe I wouldn't want to know because I would just be like, okay, I'm just going to try to make it work because what do I have left? Right. And so this ignorance is bliss. Why wouldn't you want to know before? Because she wants to talk him to death about it. Like, make no mistake. She wants to go to that island and talk to him about nothing besides this cheating. Like, right. And that's. But I think it's too late, or she thinks of it as too late to change her mind. So she would just rather not know anything else that's bad. So that's why she's kind of like in denial right. about it. Well, and that's kind of – that's a, my understanding is it's a pretty common push and pull, like I said. is The person who was cheated on just wants to talk about it all the time. And the person who did the yeah. cheating feels like I've already explained everything to you. Like why are we still talking about this? We can't move on if you won't stop talking about mm-hmm. this. And they grow mm-hmm. resentful of each other because one person always wants to talk about it. And the other person is like, what's the point of keeping to talk about this? And so I think he's okay yeah. for now. But I can already kind of feel him getting annoyed that she's still talking about this. Yeah. I don't know. That is a very good question. How do you – move on from something like that like what are you waiting to hear yes for you to move on right you know like i don't think it's the nitty-gritty details it's not i don't think it's a state of mind i don't think it's a like what was missing it's like i just there's no yeah there's no magic words that are going to make it go away yeah or any additional information that is going to make you feel any better about this but i think people think that they think like oh well if i just know all the details Mm -hmm. then i feel like nothing is being hidden from me you know or if i i just knew what this person you know why they're better than me right well yes and but it's the feelings you've been lied to and you're like no if we're gonna get Mm -hmm. past this i have to know it all there can't be any lies there can't be anything i don't know and that isn't the way it works it really isn't like you have to actually work yeah. on building something else rather than staying with what did the hurt. And it, it's it's hard. And if you can't do that, then the relationship's done. But, I mean, you can't blame yourself if that happens because the relationship was done because they cheated on you. Not because, like, you couldn't get over them cheating on you. Right, right. Okay, uh, let's move on to Kenny and Armando. So we get to see Kenny and Armando and their daughter, Hannah. Kenny is trying to help Armando with his Spanish. Wait. Other way. Other way around. <laughs> Armando is trying to help Kenny with his Spanish. Oy, oy. Uh, by quizzing him with flashcards. They do a recap of the first season, including Arma- Armando coming out to his family, Kenny moving there, uh, Kenny proposing to Armando, Armando trying to break the news to his family. And now they're just starting to do some wedding planning. Armando is making a vision board with Hannah for the wedding. Kenny is asking Armando how many people he wants to invite, and Armando wants to invite 100 people just on his side. We also find out that Armando's dad might not even know that they're engaged. So they continue wedding planning, and Armando is turning into a bridezilla with wanting to have kind of extravagant things like fireworks. They're working with Hugo and Carlos, uh, these gay wedding planners. Uh, Kenny is starting to get nervous about the size and scope of the wedding as they're talking to uh, Hugo and Carlos. He's also concerned about vendors not wanting to provide services to a gay couple. Carlos admits that there have been issues in the past, but ultimately he says money talks. Kenny says he would rather not even deal with those vendors who have issues with them in the first place. All right. So, um... (laughs) 
Do you think that Armando is turning into Bridezilla? I mean, Armando has visions. Like he, he, he. <laughs> yes, they're, they're on, on his, his vision, vision board. Which needs to be and a vision wall soon enough. Yes, yes, a vision wall. Here's the other thing, though. Armando has had a wedding before. I think it's unclear. I don't think Kenny's ever had a wedding before. But Armando was married to a woman. That's true. So it's not like he hasn't had wedding planning or planned a wedding before. That's true. That's true. It's it's a little bit different now because I don't know because Hannah's involved. We don't know what that what the old wedding was. It was definitely it, it was highly mm-hmm. likely not something that he planned but more like something that was kind of planned around him if it was a family affair and stuff like that especially sure. if he says like it is you know it's one of those places that's that one of those things that's i don't know another one of those things that people always say about their culture and that is really shared by many many cultures and people act like it's specific to <laughs> theirs like you know it always bothers me like no these people are so loud and i was like yeah, everybody's loud when they're with their family man like but this one is, we have really big weddings and we invite everybody to them. And I was like, yes, many, many cultures and many, many places have big weddings. It's not like – and I don't think he was saying that it was unique to Mexico. But, um, yeah, it, it, it it's just – it's tricky because so much of his vision is beyond his control. And I don't know if he's ready to give mm-hmm. that up. Yeah. I'm also wondering too, like they kind of made a big deal about how – Armando's family was all really awkward about Armando coming out and Armando telling them that they were getting married. Yes. Do you think that Armando really has a hundred family members that are ready and willing to go to this wedding? Yeah, that was, I was, I mean, he, there was a lot of people that lived at that compound where the family was. Um, but, and I feel like some of the younger generation would go, but he's going to be disappointed because there are people that he wants to invite that they're just going to be like, I'm I'm not going to a gay wedding. That's not happening. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And yeah. So it's, it's almost tricky because I feel like he's setting himself up for a little bit more disappointment because he wants to invite Mm -hmm. so many people. And that's going to be a lot more, hopefully it's not, but it could be a lot more rejection than he, than he's hoping to get um, from, from the whole thing. But, you know, people are weird about their, their weddings and their guest list, especially the number like of guests. And they're very much like drawing hard lines, not based on like the responses, but based on these are the people I have to invite. And sometimes it's a lot bigger than my list. Let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, because and, and, <laughs> and that's what they started to have already the wedding, you know, arguments over the hundred. 50, he's like, 50 to 100. Armando's like, or 200. Mm, 100 on my side. <laughs> yes. Oh, and that's, ah, yeah, that seems. And honestly, 100 isn't, all things considered, all that big of a wedding. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's it's clearly more than, it's tricky because I don't know if it, Kenny has, Kenny's list, even if he had his whole list, is he prob- it's probably not that big. Right. It's probably going to be his kids and their families and brothers and sisters. And that's it. Right. So I don't Mm -hmm. know, but he has more than maybe 25, 30 on his side. Yeah. All right. But speaking of wedding planning, let's move on to Corey and Evelyn. Oh, gosh. So Corey is washing the dog and Evelyn says she's excited to meet the wedding planner. She says that what she wants, well, but she says she wants something nice enough to make all of her friends jealous. So everything has to be the best Mm. because, of course, oh, yeah, Corey's paying for the whole thing. So Corey says that maybe (laughs) she could help out a bit. But she says, nope, nope, that's not how we do it in Ecuador. Groom pays for everything here. Ecuador, we're in Ecuador. Evelyn doesn't understand why he's even asking about money because he's been like begging her to get married for six years. Did he not save up any money for the wedding? So they plan to do the wedding on – well, they, the plan was for the do wedding on their undeveloped beachfront property that they own together. But the wedding planner says uh, this isn't going to work because not only are there no walls or a floor or anything, but you're also not connected to water, sewage, or electricity. So the planner <laughs> has some ideas for nearby things and she brings out her big binder full of prices. Corey gets a, relieved for a half second because he's confused – 
and thought that the price for the dress alone was the total price of the wedding. And he was like, oh, yeah, that seems pretty reasonable. We could totally do that. And they're like, wait a second, no. That's just the dress. The total cost of the wedding can go up to $50,000. Which, in the interview, Corey thinks that that's bullshit that he has to pay $50,000 for a wedding because my brother paid $5,000 for a wedding in the States and this is in Ecuador, so I should be able to do it for cheaper than that. <laughs> so anyway, he even calls it a third world country and everything. But anyway, when they're going over the stuff, he starts freaking out about how he's either going to – because he has to do one of these two things. He either has to A, find a way to pay for this or B, convince Evelyn to scale back. All right. So given those two choices, pay for this or convince Evelyn to scale back, which one is more likely? Oh, that's a good one. I, I see Evelyn constantly holding it over Corey's head. Hey, I didn't even want to get married. So if we're going to do this, we got to do this yes. right. I can see her mm-hmm. saying that. Like, I didn't even want to get married to you. Um, yeah. But, I mean, what can Corey do? If Corey doesn't have money, he doesn't have money. I feel like he is going to end up paying for it however he can pay for it. Uh I don't know if that means selling their little beach property, beachfront undeveloped property, but Corey's going to have to pay. Evelyn is just, I don't like her as a person. No, no, absolutely not. (laughs) Um, She's incredibly superficial. Uh I mean, didn't she like get on Corey about like gaining weight, Mm -hmm. you know, the last season? Mm -hmm. And it's like just... The reason why she wants to have the wedding, like, to me, just shows how superficial and terrible she is. You know, it's just like, I just want to make my friends jealous. That's the only reason why I want to do this. I think she wants to have the wedding so she can antagonize Corey for however long it takes to do the wedding. Yeah, right. Like, that's literally what it looks like. What does she want to do with this wedding planning? I'm going to make this guy pay and I'm going to give him a hard time and I'm going to make his life a miserable until this wedding happens. I do kind of see it as payback. Yeah, I do see it as payback. Especially because she's mad about the Peru girl. I'm just going to go above his budget until he has to cancel the wedding and we won't get married and I get to piss him off. I can see that too. Two birds with one stone. How about that? Yeah. Yeah, I do. I do think she's trying to make him pay. She absolutely is. Like, and whether she's trying to make him pay literally, like with dollars um, to pay, or whether Mm -hmm. he's she's trying to make him pay through like emotional manipulation by like making him stress about this the entire time and fight with her the entire time is is another thing. I think she'd be okay with either one if she gets the wedding that makes all her friends jealous. Then that's cool too. Well, I do genuinely think she, she wants that because she told us that in the interview. She didn't even say it in front of Corey. Well, I mean, I think that she is. She it's kind of one of those. Well, whichever one works out, I'm I'm fine with that. Like if I get what she doesn't yeah. have to have a wedding, but if I get one, I do want it to be one that's like so crazy expensive. Which I mean, when you think about it, I'm looking at this the fifty thousand dollars in terms of you know Ecuador versus U.S. Right? I think the average wedding in the U.S. is something like thirty thousand dollars. Right. Mm-hmm. Unless you're like Corey's brother or me and you're just like, whatever, we'll have some beers in the backyard as a wedding. Fan- fantastic. Good. That's <laughs> yeah. why, that's how you can get away with a $5,000 wedding. If you actually want to do the wedding stuff at a wedding venue, it's going to cost you. But like – so $50,000 yeah. for their absolute top of the line wedding is actually pretty cheap. Like because what's – if you go to an American right. wedding planner and show me what's the most expensive wedding you have – it's going to be a whole lot more than $50,000. Right, right. Yeah. Okay. Speaking of weddings, let's talk Jen- Jenny and Samit. Jenny is upset and threatening to leave. She's yelling and saying she's not listening anymore as Samit tries desperately to calm her down. They've been planning on going to Nepal to stay there for a few days to then come back. But because Samit's father-in-law has his passport and Nepal closed its borders, that plan seems to be out. Samit offers to pay for Jenny's flight, but Jenny says she's just going to go back to America and she's not sure about their future. Samit just kind of says all right as Jenny begins to angry pack. Jenny asks if Samit ever intended on marrying her and he is just silent. But it ends up that the visa denial was just a clerical error, and after Jenny reapplied, it was approved. 
They then go see an immigration lawyer because Jenny is concerned about her options, especially if Summit really doesn't ever marry her. Jenny doesn't want to give up her American benefits uh, because she is receiving retirement benefits. So when the immigration lawyer asks her if she's willing to give up her citizenship, she says, absolutely not. The lawyer then offers ISCON, which is a missionary visa, which means she would have to become a Hare Krishna <laughs> devotee. Jenny thinks that sounds a little far out. She's also skeptical that you don't have to actually do anything for this visa, and Summit just sees it as a loophole. Jenny is willing to explore this as an option if it lets her stay in India. All right. So what do you think she actually has to do with this Hare Krishna visa? I don't believe it. I cracked up when they said it, when they were like, you have to become a Hare Krishna yeah. <laughs> like, to keep this. And I was like, okay, that's just, that's comical, right? That That's funny when they did it, and I laughed. But like the more I think about it, I was like, I don't think this is right. I think this is a, this is kind of a gump, jump, you know, ginned up, like, um, production thing to get her to go, as we see next week, to the Hare Krishna temple and have to do, like, the prayers, the whatever, the mantras and stuff. Okay, so that was my, that was my first thought. Like, doesn't the church kind of have to claim you? You can't just say, oh, I'm part of the Hare Krishna group and I'm going to get a visa. It's like... I think you would have to have some kind of church membership or at least the church needs to know that you're there. <laughs> yeah. And so, I mean, you'd, you'd imagine you have to join the church in somehow, assuming it's, it's a legitimate visa. But, like, I don't know. Like, most churches are not pretty good on – at least I would think they're not very big on, like, people who clearly aren't into it, like, converting. Oh, yeah, just using them. For right. a visa, like, like there they do like there's all kinds of like interviews and stuff. Like I know when people, yeah, when, I know when people convert to Catholicism because I'm Catholic. Like it's like a it's like a year long process, and you have to go to all these, you know, like the same classes I had to go to in Catholic high school, and like they do a lot of interviews and make you do like small group like like Bible study and like theological stuff. It's not you don't just get to be like yeah I want to be Catholic now, right? You can baptize me. We're good. We're good. All good. Fantastic. Let's go. So, yeah, definitely kind of the same thing. I don't think they're just going to be like, oh, yeah, just sign here and we'll give you your card that lets you stay in the country for free. Because if they, if they had that, then what's the point of having a, a a visa? Like everybody can just do that then, right? Yeah. Right. It just, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. It Yeah, it, it does seem like a loophole, but... A loophole that I feel like is more than yes. what they're saying. They're just basically saying like, oh, yeah, just pretend you're here, Krishna. And like, yeah, well, then why didn't everybody do that? Why didn't everybody do that? I know, right? And so, like, I don't know. It just it also seemed like all that. I was so like I was actually kind of pissed at the show. All that fighting over. Do I get to stay? I'm going to go back to America. We can't go to Nepal. Right. And especially the part where it was like she could still do the visa run. Right. And the, the, the yeah. guy said Bali was open. Like, take a weekend and go to a resort in Bali for a weekend and come back, Jenny. Like, what? what is this a big – why was this such a big deal? I don't know why she was going all the way back to America. Know. Like, it's Bali. Like, it, they, yeah. I'm sure you have a resort in Bali that will pick you up at the airport, drive you to the resort. You spend two days there. They will drive you back to the airport and you get back on the plane. You don't have to, like, navigate a foreign country was or anything Nepal like that. Was even an option, though? Was Nepal even an option, though? Because they said the – yes, right, the borders but, but were closed. But they said Bali was. So she just – you know, I think she just – she seems like this. She just doesn't want to do anything on her own. What I'm like is like I feel like yeah. yeah, if you could do anything on your own, that is like entry level, rookie level on Madden traveling on your own is to go to like an all-inclusive thing in bali just go and come back and you're good all right but then after all that after all yeah. that it was just like oh yeah no uh it was fine it was just a glitch i applied for it. it's like oh we had two episodes of this and it was just like oh yeah clerical error. of her crying yes. and screaming yeah Goodness. All right. So last couple for us is, who is it? Oh, Ari and Binium. Ari and Binium. Ooh, a lot with them. 
So Ari and Binium are getting ready yeah. to pick up Leandro from quarantine, and Binny is wondering why Ari isn't more covered up. She talks a little bit more about why they got divorced, which still doesn't add up at all, no matter how many times she explains it. That she went, she was with him when she was young, and she wanted to find herself 10 years later, apparently. And she also throws out that, you know, pre-Binium, she had always just assumed her and Leandro would end up back together. So before getting Leandro, though, she's going to get her nails done. As Benny explains that he's concerned that she's trying to look nicer and also sluttier today than she usually dresses. <laughs> she says that she just wants to look nice in general, not specifically for Leandro. Then she shows Benny the nails she got done and she's not wearing her engagement ring. So she claims it was just an accident mm. and Benny is upset about that. To her credit, Ari at least understands why he's upset about her not wearing the ring when her ex-husband is coming. And so he just is like, he is mad enough that he leaves the salon to go get it and come back. So the next we see him, they get on the bus as Benny expresses his fear to Ari that Ari will leave him for Leandro and he'll lose his family again. So anyway, Leandro gets there and she runs and hugs him and then, you know, makes the two guys hug. It's like, hug each other, guys. I was like, that's weird. Benny doesn't get it because yeah, Leandro doesn't look like a hot American. He just looks, looks like some nerdy guy. But anyway, Benny knows <laughs> that he has to make him feel welcome, but also wants to have a man-to-man -man talk about his intentions with Ari. Leandro can sense the intention of the situation, but hopes they will become friends at some point. So anyway, then they take Uncle Andro to see the baby, and Benny feels some kind of way about how well the kid took to him. And he thinks he's got to watch this guy with a suspicious eye. So after uh, after Avi gets put to bed, the adults sit down to awkwardly sit in silence until Leandro brings out the suitcase of gifts. Well, some of them are actually gifts, but other things are things that Ari more or less ordered from America that she can't get in Ethiopia. Unfortunately, some of these things are bras, which makes Benny extremely uncomfortable. So... Um, so uncomfortable that Benny misses like the speakers that Leandro was like trying to give him and like holds out like this is for you this is this is for you pay attention he holds it for like five minutes anyway after the gifts Benny asks why you know if your relationship was so great and you're still not together and you're why are you still not together right um, and then she says how she thought you know. He would. She was going to move to Indiana with him, but instead just couldn't do it and let, left to find herself traveling the world. And she never actually officially, like, broke up with him. And she then, I stress that Binium is in the room and actually asked the question that she's answering, says that, you know, she didn't technically break up with him because I kind of wanted to keep him off the hook in case I wanted to be in a relationship with him again. All right? So... God. I feel like Ari is handling this situation just awful. Terribly. Like, what could she have possibly done yeah. worse? Like, it's like every step she takes is the wrong one. Know. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there really isn't anything she could have done that was a whole lot worse other than just making out with leandro <laughs> right like there. right there okay, so then let's back up to go the other way yeah what should he, what could she have done better i think been a little bit more considerate of you know how her answer would affect sure. binium and been a little bit more diplomatic about it because like at this point it's like i feel like her answer was more for leandro than yes. it was for binium mm -hmm. right like, if Leandro had asked her that, like, that would be the kind of answer he would be hoping, yeah. I guess, to hear. Yeah. You know? And, so, but it's like, but he didn't ask you that. He didn't ask why you weren't together. In fact, he said he had mm -hmm. a girlfriend. He tried to, like, you know, play off the bras, like, oh, well, my girlfriend picked them out. So, obviously, he's, he's moved right. on to some extent. And she's moved on. So, it's like, so why is she giving an answer that would be for her ex-husband, especially when her current partner is the one who's asking about it. She should have, like, tailored a response for him. You know, like, we just wanted different things right. in life. You know, I just kind of left. 
You know, and if she said something like that, because it was the truth, mm-hmm. at least, you know, at least we can assume it's the truth. She could have said, I just left. I never really had a conversation with mm-hmm. him about it. And, you know, how we left things it just, you know, maybe he felt abandoned and, you know, I didn't think I would have another chance with him, but I was willing to accept that because I wanted these other sure, things. Sure, sure. I mean, and I think a lot there of There you go. That's like a diplomatic answer that doesn't, like, offend anyone and doesn't make Binyam feel like, oh, she was like. Yes. I mean, it was. Ba- she basically told him I was trying to get back with this guy, like, until I met you. And it's like, well, he, he, that doesn't that doesn't help all that much. And you're kind of stuck with him because yes. of the whole baby thing. Because, I don't know, at least from my perspective, like, I, I wonder, just given their situation, like, is the baby the only reason why she never went mm-hmm. back to Leandro? That's a good question, right? And and especially because when he held the baby, she said, well, you could have had that baby, mm-hmm. but you didn't want to. It was like, oh, my God. Yeah, I know, right? Like, she, everything she said was like, yeah, this makes your like husband, that. your partner feel terrible like and she didn't even handle the bra situation well like that was one that she needed to handle ahead of time in my opinion like she needed to be like Mm -hmm. hey leandro's coming i'm gonna have him bring some stuff for america like do you want anything because i'm getting xyz i'm getting toothpaste and i'm gonna have him grab me some bras like because yeah biniam didn't know they were coming and seemed to think they were like a gift like and not something that she had like right. I, I totally get that. I know people in foreign countries and they're like, hey, if you're coming, bring this because I cannot get it here. And it's like that thing I liked in America. Yeah. The, because because he thought it was a gift, he also was suspicious, like, yo, you still remember her bra size. And it's like, no, I'm pretty sure she told him exactly what to get because she was the one yes. asking. Yeah, I'm sure she it. told him the thing and the size and he didn't get the right ones if he caught that. It was like not the he couldn't find the ones she wanted. Yeah. But he got her like these are similar, my girlfriend yeah. says so, which is you know, where you go with the with the bra size. But it was I don't know, the same thing was like it it was like that's the one where I was like, I don't you don't wanna say it to him, but like because he was also like, oh, you're kind of showing some leg and you, know, you get some cleavage down here. And it, it, that one was kind of – I was like, you know, it's my ex-husband, right? And he's seen it all before. <laughs> like, He's seen it all. He's sure. seen it all. Like I'm not, it's, not, it's not like I need to like tease, tease for this or anything. But like I don't know. She seemed to be pretty you know, blatantly putting it out there, which – and she could have framed well, right? She could have framed that diplomatically mm-hmm. like why are you dressing so nice why do you want your nails done it was like because i want to show them how baller we are right we're together we're cute we look great mm-hmm. you know we're, what a great couple we are i want to sh- i want to show off how well i'm doing here but she doesn't do that she's gonna like i'm not showing i'm not doing it it's not because of him i always dress like this and he's like clearly you don't no faults yeah i just she made the statement like, oh, well, you know, Leandro's always going to be in our lives. And it's kind of like, why? Why do you get to – why do you have the right to say or do that? You mm-hmm. left him. So do you really – you know, did you really expect that he would always be in your life if you, like, consciously right. left him? You, like, that when, doesn't when make you made sense the, to um, me. When you made the decision to leave, like, you were giving him – free reign to cut you off out of his life like that you absolutely were doing that yeah and, and that, yeah. that's something that like you said like i can i can weigh that and i decided that was something i was willing to give up to do these things that i wanted to do but like yeah but then i feel like once he came back and once he stayed in her life she was like well he's here for good now like but it's also gonna look like oh mm. yeah it just it just seems like he's sticking at i mean it, even i to me it seems like it for let alone what more suspicious, more be- jealous. Binium thinks like he's just like backup husband. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, and I felt really bad for Binium too because I think he also felt really self conscious about her ring, and he said that he bought it for a dollar. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I, I you. What kind of ring can you get for a dollar? It looked like there was some yeah, kind of stone been in there. Like a completely fake diamond like a like you know a nothing like mm-hmm. costume jewelry almost right like oh. whatever mm-hmm. i mean it's definitely not the actual 
ring is obviously not less important than the meaning behind the ring and like what you did and what it means to you. So I I get that, but I I also get Mm -hmm. being self-conscious when you're, when here, when your partner's rich American PhD, (laughs) you know, having a partner. Oh, I think you're assuming a lot. He was in a PhD program (laughs) and his mask said Indiana University on it. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. But I mean, like, that doesn't mean he's rich. In fact, I think the opposite. He's probably super poor. Oh, no, but to... People in academia are not Binium? rich. I mean, compared to Binium, all Americans are rich. Oh, okay, sure. At least in his head, in his well, head. Well, and then the other thing, too, is... Right. And the other thing, too, is uh, they said that they got married when she right. was, like, 19. So I doubt he's getting her some super nice ring back oh, when yeah, they were, no, no, like, no. 19 I, I doubt that, too. I doubt that, too. But it just kind of like well that's the best ring you can get her now whereas he feel like he could probably get her a better mm-hmm. ring than that one now yeah yeah i yeah. just feel bad for the guy it's just it's just yeah. it's a terrible situation that she is not like alleviating it all like she's she's making it worse ev- with everything no. she says definitely all right. So uh, we yeah, saw all the couples this, this week. week. So who was your student of the week? You know, when they show up, it's always easy to give it to Kenny or, or Armando because they're always the good guys. Mm-hmm. But in terms of uh, for this week, yeah. I'm actually going to go with uh, Kenny because he wanted the smaller wedding. I'm an advocate of smaller weddings. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. So I, I felt like this week no one did anything like sure. super great. Um, so it was hard for me to kind of think of someone. So I went with Ellie's friends, you know, they were trying to be supportive, but also asking the kinds of questions that like are keeping her accountable and getting her thinking about keeping Victor accountable. Right. So they're just looking out for her at the end of the day. And they, they, they weren't mean about it. Because some, sometimes you get family members that are mean about right. it, and, you and, know? And the thing is, they, they didn't really – they kind of touched on it. They touched on it with Hiromi last time and Kelly this time. Like, that hurts. Like, when your friend is like, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm, I, I, this this dude who cheated on me. And I'm not saying that you're – obviously, your, your deep, you know, romantic marriage relationships are going to, you know, take precedence in your life over marriages. But to be like – Oh yeah, I'm just gonna move away from all of my friends, all of you who meant so much to me. I'm just gonna move away from you guys yeah. to be with this asshole that cheated on me. Like, oh, that's that hurts them. Like it does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. All right, who was your dunce? Ari. Yeah, I had her too. It's like, yeah. come on. You <laughs> just, were the worst this the week. Worst. You made yeah. them made them hug each other. Just just I know. terrible. It's like Oh, so many times it was like, why would you say that? That's what you <laughs> Why would to you say? do that? Yeah. God. All right. Okay. Uh, what about your life lesson? All right. So this one goes to, and it's, I don't know, it's kind of not a direct life lesson as much as it's like a history lesson. Because we had Ellie and it was, she briefly said something about like um, Hurricane Katrina, right? That was only a Category 3 storm and it did all this damage, right? I don't know. It, 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 it's helpful to always remember that, that Hurricane Katrina, while it was a natural disaster, was really an engineering failure. Like mm-hmm. it was the levees. If the levees held and they were supposed to hold, they didn't. It wasn't like too much water and the levees overflowed. They they didn't hold. It was a failure of a system that really mm-hmm. caused most of the damage of that storm. And so like to look at a hurricane coming and to think Katrina, it's like without that engineering failure, it's really not – a comparable thing, right? Mm-hmm. Levees were not going to break on that island because there are no levees on that island. Right, right. And eh, it's still scary though, right? Oh, it's definitely scary, but it's always, it's just something that always kind of is a pet peeve of mine when people look at dangerous hurricanes and we're like, oh, how does it compare to Katrina? And I was like, well, Katrina was kind of a unique situation based on what actually sure. did the damage. Yeah. Okay, so mine is for Armando and probably Kenny. Uh, You know, anytime you're going to do something big, and I guess this kind of goes to Corey and Evelyn too because they're also in the midst of wedding planning. So anytime you're going to do something big, you really need to set a budget before 
And don't just figure out how much things are and then decide whether or not you want to pay for it or not. You know, like it just confuses me. These mm-hmm. people who just go in there and they're just like, how much is this? How much is this? How much is this? And then depending on what they find out, they're like, okay, we can't afford that or can't afford that. It's like, did you have a budget or something in mind like yeah, going into this? It's a little this? bit tricky. That, that is a little bit tricky because, you know, if you're cheapo like me, You'll go into it and be like, oh, a wedding? What? That should be like, what, $10,000? And then you end up with like, everybody's like, no, you you can't know. You can't do anything. <laughs> you have to have some sort of scale as to what this generally costs before you like make it. Well, and I think that's part of the problem too is sometimes people are just like, well, that's just how much weddings cost. Like, that's also you true know, too. and it's like, but if you can't afford it, you can't afford it. Right. And uh, like, what are I, you doing? Yeah. And it, Believe me, I'm I'm always one for you. Can just skip that whole wedding thing. Like I said, yeah. I'm a I'm a I'm a you know beers in the backyard like kind of wedding guy. That's fine with me. So I know the older I get, the more I'm kind of like meh. I don't need any of that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that leaves us off. We'll be back again next week with more of this crew. Did we see anything interesting in the preview? I don't know that we did. Um, no, I'm wondering if we're going to see Ellie actually go out to Providenciales because oh. she said that she's like, I need to find him. So she was just all gung ho about going. But I don't know if that's just her saying that. Right. Um, I hope Stephen, you know, confesses to Lena. That might be something. Yeah. Well, they should. Yeah. They, we should see them together. So that'll be that'll mm-hmm. be something. Because that's where, where you have the few groups where we're like, yeah, we need to see some people together now. Like our, our new groups need to get together. Yeah. To be honest, I kind of feel like the storylines this time around just aren't compelling enough. And yeah. I think the real draw for the other way is how much of the country and culture you get to see, which is why Devin right. and Jihoon was always so much fun. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to see like different like Korean culture, like their wedding was super fun, you know, oh, stuff yeah, like yeah, that. Totally. And I just feel like we haven't seen much of anything right now. And I'm sure pandemic has something to do with it, but you yeah, know, that's true. Like, yeah. That's true. We don't we didn't get the uh thing. I was I'm just afraid like the whole Jenny becomes a Hare Krishna is like oh, that seems yeah. super <laughs> contrived. Like it's clearly their like fourth season on this thing. Like, oh gosh, I know. You know, as much as, you know, we keep seeing them or whatever, I do think there's something like kind of pure and genuine about them because I cannot imagine Jenny acting at all. I think like what you yeah. see is what you get with like her, this, right? This, like whatever, she really they, just is like that. I think they can put her in contrived situations, but yes, the yeah, reactions sure. you get out of her are her real reactions. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, definitely. All right. So we'll be back next week then. Uh-huh. Until then. All right. Take care, everybody. Okay. Bye. Right, bye. Bye.